0: For those of you listeners who know my background a bit, you might remember the stories of my first few jobs after college. From being a mall cop to selling makeup door-to-door, I realized that I had skills that were being underutilized and that these minimum wage jobs couldn't support me or last forever. I spent years going through YouTube, reading books, listening to podcasts, and taking enough online courses to reinvent myself as a professional copywriter and digital marketer. Years later, thanks to my side hustles and drive, I've worked with national news outlets, multi-million dollar tech startups, nonprofits, and celebrities to build their brands and drive sales. None of this could have happened if I didn't develop in-demand skills. I had to do this alone, but you don't have to. You have Hustlers University 2.0. Hustlers University 2.0 is a community where you can learn real skills to earn money online today, starting with side hustles you can use to elevate your game. I'm not just an advocate for Hustlers University. I'm also a student. Every professor is verified to be making 10K to 500K monthly in their selected field. You get full resources, lesson plans, and an active community of thousands of other Hustlers University students working on skills such as stock analysis, cryptocurrencies, e-commerce, copywriting, which was my favorite course, one I actually went ahead and took last month. And as a copywriter of seven years, I even took a ton out of that, including some of the resources I was able to take over to my day job. You also learn freelancing, financial planning affiliate marketing, business management, and so much more. If you're tired of depending on a boss who hates you to deliver your paycheck or have learned since the lockdowns that controlling the source of your income is vital to your individual freedom, sign up for Hustlers University 2.0 today using the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. So I'm pretty sure that my neighbors in my apartment complex think I'm in a domestic violence situation. Really? Yeah. So I, I got one of those. My, my fiance felt that I was lonely in the apartment. So she went ahead and got me one of those Amazon Echo Dots, you know, the, the, the NSA product. And I, I really, like, didn't like it at first. I kind of neglected it. So it would just randomly start talking to me like, Remza, would you like to know the weather? And I'm like, no, stop talking to me. So a few months went by and then I started having it like set reminders for me. And then because I'm a Luddite, I didn't realize that I could make it play music. So that's what I really use my my Amazon uh, Echo Dot for. I use it to play music and tell me what the weather is. But here in Wisconsin, it's it's just cold all the time. So, I mean, I mainly just ask her to tell me that, you know, So I don't feel lonely and stuff like that movie, her, I guess. Um, But this, this Alexa's voice is like, is less sexy. But anyway, um, I I wanted to play Nirvana. So I'm like, Alexa, play Nirvana. And I I like my music really loud because I'm partially deaf in my left ear. So at one point I'm just like, Alexa, stop, Alexa, stop. So I just keep screaming that. And at one point, one of my neighbors came by uh, the other day and they knocked on the door and she was like, I just wanted to make sure that you two were all right. And I'm like, who else is here? And she's like, were you yelling at a woman? I'm like, no. She's like, oh, you should get help. I'm like, all right. So long story short, unless uh, unless my Alexa starts developing feelings or something like that, I think they're just going to think I'm either crazy or I'm abusing a woman. But you know, it could be worse. I could be here with the electronic version of Amber Heard.
1: Well, if anything happens, you know what to do. Call your lawyer first.
0: It's always good to have a lawyer. I actually had to go ahead and call my old attorney, Matthew Christ, at law in Alexandria, Virginia. That's a free plug. He's not paying me to do that, mainly because he hasn't billed me for the last couple of times he should have billed me. But it's always good to have a lawyer. But uh, it's always good to have multiple lawyers. And I'm excited to talk about today. You are done with year one of law school. yes. How does it feel So i have gotten through the first pinnacle year?
1: Yeah, it actually feels a little overwhelming because it's kind of like when you're hitting yourself on the head with a hammer and when you're not hitting yourself feels kind of good. Mm -hmm. So that's the feeling I'm experiencing.
0: What was it similar to completing your first year of college, just knowing that you could do it and that you've already completed it? Or is it different?
1: It's very different. Um, I think the serotonin boost after this is much more than the first year of college, because it was definitely a harder task than freshman year of college. And it was extremely different in terms of like learning new studying methods, and also being in a very different social context, dealing with different issues. And also, uh, maybe one thing that might be similar to freshman of college is that, I mean, rarely any first year law student gets to study anything that they're passionate about during their Mm -hmm. first year because our schedules are made by school and we have to take the classes that school tells us to take. We don't pick our classes. Our schedule is not what we might want. Um, And I think that's the experience a lot of college students feel during their first second year. They have to take a lot of general education classes that it's not necessarily their major and they just have to get it out of the way. So that's one thing. But other than that, it was a whole different experience for me.
0: So this is one of those areas that's always been a little bit touch and go for me because I always liked the idea of going to law school or going to, uh, to school to go and, you know, try and get a master's in. Economics or something. More recently, I considered uh, applying to um, Marquette University's uh, marketing school, uh, communication school for their marketing program. But each time I think I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I could do it. I could do it online or something. I get like this chill up my spine. That's like, don't go back to school, dummy. You barely made it out. Like 2.0 still get you degrees, and uh, that that that's kind of where I'm at. But I'm always fascinated with the journey of somebody willing to do that. At the jujitsu gym I go to near my apartment, I've got a friend who's in his mid 30s. He's going through um, a master's in education program at Marquette as well, and it's it, it's always it always seems just in it, it seems like they have a different level of dedication towards that than a lot of people have when they're just going through undergrad. And I mean, from well, he, listening to you and listening to some of my other friends that go through law school, you know, it, it's school, but it's different. So I kind of want to understand what, what it's been like your journey, getting you from uh, you, you learning that you want to be a lawyer to actually getting back into DC and completing your first year of law school. And how many years do you have left for a law degree? Two more years. Two?
1: Yes. Oh,
0: my gosh. That's such a slog when you say two years out loud. <laughs> let's um, let, let's go ahead and just jump from the beginning. So did you know that you wanted to go to law school when you were in undergrad or was it something that came after?
1: So it was actually what I wanted to do before undergrad. So as you know, I was born and raised in Iran and I spent a lot of time figuring out what I wanted to do. So the society there kind of pushed us to study math and science and become doctors and engineers. My family, everyone's an engineer. No one ever touched humanities or anything like that. Um, however, my grandfather recently passed away. He was someone who was more of a statesman. He was more into politics. He always talked about it. And he was a city council member of uh, his town in Tehran. So I grew up kind of watching how he deals with people and the society. And I realized, you know, I'm actually more interested in what he's doing versus what my other members of family do, which is You know studying humanities being involved in the community society so that's why I chose to study humanities during high school I got a degree in literature and but however because we're talking about Iran as a woman, even if you get a law degree, there's not much you can do. You can't become a judge. You can't really become a politician. I got accepted to a law school there. And however, I decided to move to the United States so I can pursue my dreams to become a lawyer here because frankly, I couldn't do it in my home country. So when I moved here, all my goal from day one was to pursue that. So I went and got my degree in political science from UCLA. And my goal the entire time was to set myself up to go to law school. Um, And when I graduated in 2020, um, COVID happened. And it was awful for many reasons for all of us. The only upside it had for me was that I sat down and studied for my LSAT and I worked on my applications for law school for six months because there was nothing else I would have done. I mean- That's
0: a pretty good time to start working on that.
1: exactly. It was perfect opportunity because, you know, uh, everyone was out of jobs. Government was giving us stimmies and, you know, I just got out of school. So there was not like too much pressure on me that, oh, I got to like immediately jump on something. So I took like three to six months or something to study for my LSAT, get my applications out of the way. And then, As soon as I did that, I started working full-time for Young Voices and I got amazing experiences throughout the application cycle till I got my results uh, and I actually um, got accepted to George Washington University. It was my first acceptance letter and I was really excited because I always wanted to go to GW. It was one of my top choices and they had the program that I really liked. So I think that's another thing to maybe transition into our conversation more. People who are interested in studying law, I think you got to remember the why that you want to go to law school and what's your goal, what you want to do, and kind of keep that in your mind because that's what keeps you going the whole time. And even for people who are extremely passionate about their why, that fizzles out a lot because of the environment and the stress that a lot of students are under. And that's something you should not be taken lightly. I'm sure you've heard it from a lot of people going through law school talking about how stressful it is, how toxic it is. I think at the end of the day, it won't make sense to most people unless they actually go through
0: it. It seems it seems like a very different subculture. Like with many things, you have to be in it to really understand it. And for people like me who are kind of witnessing it from the outside, I don't really have much of anything to compare it to.
1: Absolutely. And every school is different. Uh, so, I mean, I've heard a lot of horror stories from Georgetown University and some other places I personally found George Washington University's environment very collegial and way more, like it's not as toxic as most places. And I would say in terms of tolerance of different ideologies, I think GW has a very balanced environment compared to many other law schools, including Georgetown. And we've heard a lot of crazy stuff in the past here about stuff that happened on those campuses and UC Hastings Law School, Georgetown Law School, UC Berkeley, like all those places where they cancel people and all of that. That doesn't happen at GW. Actually, the administration puts effort to prohibit those kinds of things from
0: happening. You hear a lot about that happening more at like the undergrad level. Usually when you get to law school or business school or something like that, I, I feel like people mostly mature out of their uh, younger, more volatile college ages now.
1: No, actually, you would be surprised. And that's one thing I was not expecting when I went to law school is witnessing how a lot of people coming to law school are not as They haven't really matured in that way because the whole point of studying the law is that you have to deal with opposing views that you actually don't agree with. And you learn how to become extremely objective and think about issues from both aspects. You're tested on that skill pretty much. And there are a lot of people in law school that cannot really get out of their mindset of just seeing one side and canceling the other side. Uh, especially politically and conversations that come up in classes are extremely um, tedious. They're very difficult to have. Um, It's not that stuff that we deal with in undergrad. We're dealing with really dramatic issues, politically, emotionally, all those sorts of things. And again, as I said, I I found GW, especially my class, extremely collegial. But as you know, you know, stuff that happened at Georgetown when they canceled, Ilya Shapiro, or they, they did the same thing at UC Hastings Law School. So those stuff still happen. Or Yale, there's many issues at, on their campus as well. So, I mean, it's not better, if not worse, from undergrad.
0: I, um, when, when I joined the Army in 2013, my goal was to become an active duty JAG officer. And uh, I, I thought that that way, if I could get the army to pay for law school, that would be the easiest way for me to get to it. But what I realized was that I, I, I kind of I went into the army. I wanted to. I don't want to make it sound like I didn't want to, but it wasn't necessarily like my first choice for a lot of things. Ironically, I wanted to get into advertising and marketing. And I was told by some people that I'm related to that that was stupid. Now, this is also coming off a few years after the 2008 financial crisis. It was private sector bad. Go get a federal job or something. So the the cut in the middle was I could join the army, but I could at least choose my major, which still disappointed certain people because I was a political science major. So at that point, I I was kind of drifting. And while law school was still one of those things I thought I wanted to do, my my passions changed, and ultimately, my life now. I'm a I'm a I'm a marketing professional. I'm not in the military anymore. But it was one of those things. Where as I was looking at it, it's like you know maybe I would have liked to have done that, but it's it's a long it's a long commitment. It's three years of additional school. What what were some of the things that were going through your head when you were really deciding, you know, this is something I'm going to commit to? Were there other things that you thought about doing? Uh, what, what did you have to kind of like promise yourself in terms of, you know, committing to this and not you know, quitting because to complete like one year, I think the attrition rate for a lot of first year law students is incredibly high. A lot of people leave law school for many reasons, but the debt follows. The year of your life that you dedicated to that sometimes might feel like it wasn't worth it. What were what were some of those conversations you had with yourself?
1: I always had to remember to have these conversations with myself sometimes every day because um well, law school, it's not only stressful because of the environment, but the way that we're graded is also extremely difficult for many of us who are overachievers and graduated with like 4.0s from undergrad because we're graded on a curve. 100% of our grade depends on the one test final. It's a it's like a racehorse. You have three hours, sometimes like five to eight hours to do an exam, which you cannot do in those timeframes because it's extremely loaded. So you always feel like a failure a lot of times that, oh my God, do I get this? Am I cut for this? Imposter syndrome is everywhere across mm. the board for all of us. So one thing I try to acknowledge is acknowledging the feeling that it exists. Uh, we all have imposter syndrome. I'm not alone in it. And all my classmates pretty much feel the same way. And, and I talked to my professors about it to express these feelings of, I don't know if this is for me. I feel disappointed sometimes, you know, this is not what I thought it, it is. And a lot of my professors, one of my professors, actually, she she's one of my favorites for my research, lawyering classes. She said that that's exactly how I felt when I was in my first year of law school. She also went to GW and she said that I was a very average student and I also dealt with imposter syndrome. I did not like law school. And when I graduated, I had a very successful career. So what you're experiencing in law school is not necessarily how your life is going to be or how your practice is going to be. And believe it or not, Remzo, like I found so much joy in little things during law school. Um, And I think that really kept me going. I found interest in some weird areas of law that I never thought I would have. So that that spark kind of makes me more excited to see what else is there. And in speaking of investment and all of that, well, law school is definitely a very big financial and emotional and, you know, time investment. So there's no question in that. So one thing I try to remember is that, well, I feel intellectually stimulated when I study the law. I, I really find it fascinating and, I am extremely nerdy about like Anglo-American jurisprudence and stuff like that. I really like why, you know, we do things uh, all the time like that. And so that kind of brings out the passion that eventually will help me to keep going. Even the moments that it's really not easy. And sometimes you got to tell yourself that, Hey, the stakes are high. You invested so much money in this, so much time. Can't give up right now. You know, get your degree and then decide what happens after. Because no one knows what's going to happen when I get my degree. Like a lot of us change paths, and that's totally fine. But when you get your degree, at least you have more options to figure out what you want to do, even if it's not law. There's so many things we can do.
0: So- yeah, and I mean just just from the undergrad perspective. While I definitely was more passionate about that field when I was younger. And I did try and pursue jobs in that area. Um, so, sometimes people ask me because I don't like, I don't like criticizing college. Like, Oh, everyone should just avoid college. I think that whole, Oh, college is stupid. College is irrelevant thing. I, I think that's kind of a narrow perspective. I think like, like what you said about law school and, you know, retaining that passion and reinvigorating that commitment. I think that applies in the same way of, you know, understanding the intention of why you're there if you don't know why you're there. And I saw this with people in undergrad. I saw this with people at the Liberty University Law School who were there. And I'm just like, I'm here because my parents want me to be here. It's like, that's a pretty poor excuse. You, you, you need to you need to understand why you're there. And it's like with any with anything. My the, the one thing I wish I could go back and tell myself was the moment I really started questioning whether or not I even wanted to be in certain situations with certain campaigns, with certain internships, with certain job opportunities. The moment I had to ask, do I really want to be here? That, that was a big red flag that this was not going to be an area that I wanted to grow in. I, I wish sometimes I had gone to school for communications or business. It definitely would have helped me in my uh, marketing career because everything I had to learn, I had to learn myself. And it, it was very difficult. And sometimes I feel like, especially when I've worked with individuals, what was really nervous for me, and, and you might feel this when you're you're at a law firm and you've been practicing law for a couple of years, what what felt really awkward for me was when I was in some of my first leadership positions as a marketing manager or as a director, and I'm working with people who have degrees in that field, who might be a little bit older than me, but I'm also dealing with people who are younger than me, who are comms majors, who are marketing majors. And then they look at me and they're like, where's your degree? And I just have to outwork them. I have to out hustle them. It's one of those situations where it's like, I'm here because I'm passionate about it. And it's like, if you, if you do what you're passionate about, I'm not telling people, you know, go follow your dreams, just do it. Sometimes dreams turn into nightmares but at the end of the day if you if you're not if you genuinely don't like where you're at you're not going to succeed and and when I remember seeing people drop out of the law school at Liberty University where I went to undergrad I had some friends that went from undergrad straight to law school there which I I have my opinions about, but um, it's uh, it was one of the situations where it's like, listen, you could have kept doing this and been miserable the entire time, or you could cut yourself loose and go do what you actually want to do. But if you're there and you genuinely love it, you're always going to find a reason to want to stick through the challenges.
1: Yeah. And I think one thing that has always been very under discussed is student happiness and well-being during law school, because- You know, one thing that I always talk about is how the institution has not changed since like early 19th century or something or when they invented law school. Because the way that we do things in law school is extremely old school. It's like the way that our professors did it, like with cold calls and you know, the way the exams work and all of that is the same thing they've always done. And, you know, precedent, right? And that necessarily doesn't, work with many of students now, especially our generation. We're not, that's not how we studied in undergrad. That's not how we learned. And now being stuck in the situation where we feel a little powerless over our evaluation can be extremely discouraging for many folks. And there are a lot of people who come to law school just, oh, I I just big law or bust. You know, this is, I just want to make money. I I want to make a lot of money. I don't care about what I'm studying. I don't care about helping people. And this is what I want to do.
0: How many many people who go and get their law degree actually end up practicing law?
1: I mean, it depends on the law school. Um, Of course, they higher ranked, which is, I don't like to use that word, but yeah, like most of the like bigger law schools or like more older law schools, mostly they, they have a They have a higher degree of people staying in the legal field. I don't have the exact numbers, but Mm. um, it really depends on the region and the school and all of that. And it changes every year, of course. So, um, But many people practice law for several years, and then they end up in a different field just like pay off their student debt. And then they do whatever they want. And many people end up teaching law, so there are many ways that you can still get involved in the field without being a real like lawyer, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah. I, and that's something I really appreciate about this field is that it still gives you a lot of flexibility. Even if you don't want to end up being a practicing lawyer for the rest of your life, you can do many things and you still have
0: a It shows a ton of commitment on that end. That shouldn't impress any employer.
1: Sorry. What do you mean by that?
0: Oh, I mean, if, if you if you were committed enough to spend the time and the money to actually go and complete law school and you end up applying for a job that's not necessarily related to the legal field, I think any employer would be like, damn, this person actually put in the work. This person actually completed something that's one, incredibly hard, but two, like a lot of people don't go through to complete it. That should be impressive enough.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, not many people even end up In law school, uh, the process itself is very selective and difficult. And I always tell my mentees that you should be really proud of yourself for even going through the process. And you're here now. And many people don't do that for many reasons. And and I think that's that's something to be proud of for many one else that come to law school and they get extremely disoriented because they're like, Oh my God, like I'm here and it's not what I thought it would be. It's way harder. I tell them, take a moment and realize that you deserve to be here. you worked hard. And, uh, also understand it's, it's okay to feel overwhelmed and disoriented because you're literally learning a language that you've never spoken before and you're just thrown into it and no one is giving you direction. So it's okay to be confused. And, um, yeah, I think it's a very difficult path and I am personal I always tell my friends if you're not 100% sure and committed that you would enjoy studying the law itself, don't go to law school now. Maybe take some time, explore other fields and come back. This law school will always be there. I have classmates who are much older than myself and I have classmates that are younger than myself. So It's a very diverse community. Not everyone immediately goes to law school after undergrad. They take their time in different fields and they make a decision to come to law school. And actually, I find people who have professional experience way more competent because they know what's out there and they know what is expected in careers in general. So they don't get stuck in the whole like high school toxicity environment of law school, they are more focused and they have their head straight and they focus on the things that actually matters, which is the professional and social aspects of law school versus just like getting grades and being a gutter. So, yeah. And that's another thing I kind of want to talk about is it's really important to remember law school is very much of a social setting versus being an academic setting. Um, Your friends really matter. Making allies really matters you got to make those connections. you got to be there talking to your professors because those people care more about your personality than your grades. And that's something we don't really see in undergrad or high school. It's, my professors
0: couldn't care less about me.
1: <laughs> but in law school, they treat you as a colleague, or at least that has been more my experience at GW, that my professors really treat me as a colleague versus just a student. They really make time for you. Individually, and they really want to get to know their students. And I find that experience really amazing. I personally really enjoyed the mentorship that I got from my professors. And that's something that I consider extremely valuable um, part of the law school experience that no one would get at an undergrad institution unless they go to an extremely small. Undergrad that is has a very like intimate community where they can have access to their professors a lot. I went to a huge public university that professors never cared about undergrads. They all they cared about was their PhD students and research. So again, it's a, such a different experience, especially for people who enjoy that one-on-one with their professors. I think they would enjoy law school a lot.
0: Sometimes I wonder because when like at the at the military junior college I went to, my largest class size was probably twenty students. It was a it was a student body of three hundred. But then when I went to liberty university, i felt I felt drowned out. And even when I did my four hundred level classes, which had a smaller student size per class, I still felt like even when I tried, the The professors were glossing over me, and it wasn't that I was trying to be like you know a teacher's pet or a kiss ass or anything. It's just that I wanted some of that more individual attention, and I felt like they were more like checking a box it's like i don't I don't really need to be here I don't really care. I'm just gonna do my job and leave that that's one of those things where it's like when I hear some some of my friends, like you, who go to law school or go to you know business school or whatever they, that's one of the things that they mention it's that they actually feel like, like the professors respect the time and financial commitment the students are giving, therefore they have to give them a little bit more TLC than what a typical undergrad professor would give. I mean, I mean, that's why I keep thinking it's like if if I had done things a little bit differently, one would my GPA have been higher because my my last year of college was was rough because of health stuff. I had I had two point two GPA when I graduated from undergrad. It sunk. I was a good student until that, like those last like three semesters. And then it just completely tanked. But, you know, I I, I still wonder it's like because I like school, I liked learning to a degree. And, uh, you know, the fact that you could do so much stuff online now I think that's one of those areas where it's like it's it's a bit more of a comfort level where it's like if I were to do that, that's how I'd want to go. I'm wondering, like when when you went to this campus and you were starting and you were doing everything residential, like, you know, what, what were some of the habits that you liked that you had from undergrad that you wanted to carry over into law school? And what were some of the bad habits you had during undergrad that you wanted to make sure you fixed before you started this new journey?
1: Absolutely. So I'm going to speak to both academically and like personally slash professionally. So some of the good habits I had academically is I was really good at like reading comprehension, like knowing what to cut out of my reading. And that's not something easily that comes easily, especially during law school, because you can't focus on literally everything. There's so much information. We have like 100 pages of reading every day. So you can't read everything. And it's really important to be able to be picky about what you're focusing on. So I think I figured that out pretty early on and I did not waste time to like focus on random stuff. And I really focused on studying the law itself. And that's something I personally acquired during undergrad. Um, Second, I was really good at like, knowing how to outline and make flashcards and all those studying habits over semester. My outlines are extremely different from other students. I make charts and I don't make bullet points. And those charts are like very visual and they became extremely handy to me during exams because our exams are open book. We can have our outlines, not that it really helps, but I found my outlines extremely helpful to me. And that's just because I have great note taking skills Um, so however, some of the bad habits that I personally had to get over is be able to say no to things. So during undergrad, we had more time. I felt like I had more flexibility. I could do many things at the same time and still not feel overwhelmed. But in law school, it was very different. Like I actually didn't really have time for myself. I found myself really overwhelmed by how many opportunities are out there, but I couldn't I couldn't do all of them. I couldn't say yes. So I had to be very picky and get comfortable with saying no, because I, I frankly couldn't deliver and that's not good. Right. So, and also another thing I had to learn is to kind of, again, break out of my shell and be very open to making new friends in undergrads. No, uh, at least in my undergrad, people just didn't talk to each other. Everyone was in their bubble. And my best friends were from my Yale chapter, not, from my classes, I would not really be friends with my classmates, although we were in so many sections together. So, but in law school, no, you get to know your classmates, you talk to each other and you have to make those contacts. So that's also another difference. And also regarding uh, the mentorship and connection with the professor, I just want to kind of give you an example of how that played out for me. Like I lost my grandpa uh, as I mentioned a couple I mean last month and it was extremely difficult for me emotionally during the semester and one of my professors just asked me to come to her office and she talked to me about my grief process and how I felt and all of those things and she let me cry in her office for a few minutes and you know, I, and she was really there for me. And I really appreciated that. I felt like talking to my professors about those personal things really helped me to get through my semester. Um, The deans really make time for you. Uh, Another dean also uh, spent like two hours helping me to process my grief. And sometimes professors would ask students, hey, Tamina, hey, Charlie, are you feeling okay? I feel like you're not hundred percent. Do you want to talk? Do you want to come to my office and talk? And they would really give you advice on not just academics, but your personal issues that, you know, we're all stressed. We all deal with things. Our professors were in our shoes, although most of them were, you know, extremely smart, weird people that graduated top of their class probably weren't uh, normal, (laughs) if you know what I mean. But they really try to be sympathetic, and I really appreciate that. They all are very human, um, and they are not scared of connecting with students, or they don't hold back from connecting with students emotionally.
0: That, that must have been something that really helped you not only just get through the semester, but also deal with that process. I lost, um, I lost my grandfather my senior year. Of college, and uh, I also lost my best friend around the same time about three weeks apart and when you're going through that in any academic environment it, it's a it, it's impossible to it, it's impossible to think clearly it's impossible to prioritize my i i think i think one of the reasons i'm a workaholic and this this distracted me during my academic studies because I was more fascinated with making money than getting good grades at certain points but it was like um, you know, I, I fell into work as a way of getting through things. I still kind of do that. Um, you know, as as you finish up this first year, what are some things that you're proud of in terms of what you've accomplished in both an academic sense, but also a personal sense? Having to deal with the loss of a family member like that, you you become a different person when you're dealing with that, but also having to deal with a lot of other adult responsibilities you're older now, you have more responsibilities. Now you're going through this process where you don't get second tries on stuff to get through that and get through the other side. You're a different person as a result, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but you're different. So, so what were some of those things that as you look at, you know, wrapping up your first year and everything, what are the things that you're proud of?
1: I'm really proud of the friends I met and, and they really helped me through this process. And I also tried my best to also help them. And I really appreciated that collegial relationship I made with some people that are not they do not fit into the uh, law school competition, because when you're in competition with your classmates, you don't want to help them. You kind of want to like keep your head straight. And I broke out of that. Um, especially throughout this processing that, you know, we have to help each other. We have to rely on each other. I don't hold back with I mean helping my friends because they helped me a lot when I needed them the most. And that was, that's a very big lesson learned that this is not the, this is just a game. Like, the real life will happen, and you have to be mature enough to work with your colleagues and not be always in competition with your environment. You have to grow up and think about things that matter, and those human connections really matter in law school. And second thing I personally am really proud of is, you know, I got involved into the in the music department, and I was part of the George Washington University Singers and Chamber Didn't you awesome. Didn't you perform at the White House?
0: No, not at the White House. Which, yeah. Which of the places? Because your Instagram stories where, where you and your crew are performing, it's like you, you've had some great concerts.
1: Yeah, we uh, performed at the Corcoran, which is by the White House. That's we,
0: it. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we performed that at U.S. Naval Academy and uh, Lisner Auditorium. Many cool places. So those were the things I'm really proud of is performing music. And also I got to conduct the choir and that was a very, you know, I had to take an extra class to learn conducting. I've been uh, studying music since I was a kid. So that was a very big experience. Not people who study conducting at during their master's and doctoral program, they get to do that. And I got to do that like now, and I found that experience extremely uh, unique and amazing. And personally speaking, when you go on stage, you have to be there, like everything else goes away and you're in the moment performing and all that matters is music. And that, I think those are the moments that I'm just really focused on that and I don't think about other things. And when I get out of it, It's like for a few moments, I truly lived without worrying about anything. And that experience is extremely healing. And I didn't think I could get through my semester at all. Like I was in such a low place with that grief that I was not expecting things to just go, just happen. And, but I had to walk on stage literally the week after my grandpa died. I had to conduct the choir I couldn't back down because people relied on me. And when I did it, when I walked on the stage, when my entire week was the worst, looking back at it, I really feel proud of myself for doing that. And again, I didn't think I would I would be able to get through my semester at all. Um, so the fact that I even finished things and I felt good walking out of my exams and feeling like I actually did my best. That feeling is pretty amazing. And I had some work products too. I wrote an appellate brief that again, I I didn't think I would be able to finish whatsoever. I was begging the deans to give me extensions and they were like, you can do it. Just push through it. Maybe you can meet the deadline. And I did. So that's overwhelmingly great. (laughs) And I made outlines that i 'm really proud of, you know they're not the best, but they 're something, as Jordan Peterson would say it's not nothing <laughs>
0: <laughs> well so, I, yeah. yeah i mean I, I i'm incredibly proud of you. I know our listeners are absolutely proud of you too, because you've accomplished not just a lot of stuff academically but professionally and personally as well, seeing somebody go from a vision of what can be to accomplishing that, you know, everyone's going to be excited when you eventually graduate from law school, but he who enjoys walking enjoys the destination more than those who just want to get there. And I think that's something that a lot of us throughout life tend to forget. It's the journey as much as the destination, because if you don't change for the better as a result of that, what was the point? So if, um, you know, as, as we wrap up, if you could go back a year right now and just give yourself one single piece of advice or word of encouragement, what would that be?
1: Is to just remember the why and don't get distracted by little failures along the way because they do not define the end destination. And what the result will be at the end, because there are certain things that are out of my control. and I really have to recognize those and keep going.
0: Very stoic. Uh, Tamina if people want to go ahead and connect with you online, see everything else cool that you're doing, how could they do so?
1: Uh, they could check out my pieces on Orange County Register website. I have an author's page and they can just look me up. Um my first name is T-A-H-M-I-N-E-H. My last name is Dehbozorgi, D-E-H-B-O-Z-O-R-G-I. Just look me up on Orange County Register website and can read all my pieces there.
0: Folks, I'll make it easy. I'll just put the links in the show notes.
1: Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Not a problem. Not a problem. Well, folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you got some value out of this, hopefully you'll want to go ahead and give some value back. Go across any podcaster on Al Gore's amazing internet, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and go ahead and leave the show a five-star review. If you do that, we'll keep coming back with conversations like this and more. It costs you nothing but a few seconds of your time, and it means everything to me. As always, I'm Remster W. Martinez. Be safe. Be good. Good night. I'm not afraid of